This is What I've Learned From Women, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and quiet rebels. I'm your host, Claire Coofland, a certified coach specializing in helping women find their inner rebel and live life on their terms. Each episode will share stories and empower and support each other. This is episode seven. This week, I have got the lovely Solas joining me. We have a wonderful chat. I am still thinking about it now, um, about self-relationship, about women's roles in society and how they've changed and how actually maybe they've not changed as quickly as we sometimes think they have. We talk about children and not having children. We talk about finances and making them work for you and not necessarily having to work in order to earn money, but working till you have enough money to be comfortable with the working world and how to kind of make your way through the working world and so much more. I really loved recording this episode, so I really hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do? So I am a self-relationship coach. I help people to know, love and connect with themselves deeper. Um, So often in this world, we look outwards for so much of what we need. And we're kind of raised to need other people, which we do need. Mm -hmm. But I think we've got to a point where we keep forgetting about ourselves and our relationship with ourselves it can take work can take conscious effort and sometimes people need assistance with that um so I work with people one-on-one who want to invest in their relationship with themselves nice that's really nice I think it's so valuable as well because you're right we are brought up to think that you know we need someone else and often actually all we need is ourselves a huge amount, a huge amount. I, I really don't think I'd be where I am in life if I had just relied on relationships externally and not not mm-hmm. actually invested in my relationship with myself. Um, it really has brought so much just joy, but so much fulfillment, uh, so mm-hmm. much courage into my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's something once you get to know yourself and you get to accept yourself and you learn the the value of kindness towards yourself the world is really your oyster that's when it's your oyster mm-hmm. it's not money or or anything like that it really is just having a safe space within yourself and having companionship and joy within yourself so to enjoy your own company means that you're not really lacking everyone else is a bonus all of the relationships are an additional gain uh, but they're not essential for your core needs Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so much of what we want to do, we kind of put off because of self-doubt or not backing ourselves. And I think that has something to do with your relationship with yourself, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I grew up in Ireland as a Mm non-drinker. So if I wanted to have the social life that felt good for me, I needed to do it alone. And so Mm -hmm. I would go into Dublin and go to gigs and stuff when my friends would be sitting in the local pub at home. Mm -hmm. So from there, it really started my kind of journey of being courageous and adventurous and asking myself, what what do I want? What's going to make me happy? What what am I craving and desiring and just going after it? So I've traveled the world alone. Um, I've done everything kind of predominantly solo. And we live in a time now where the internet's here. So you never have to feel Mm -hmm. alone. You never have to feel alone. Um, But yeah, so I just think it's been everything for me. Mm -hmm. And I have like, um, when we finished school, I went off, like I went off traveling, whereas other people were waiting for their friends to decide Mm -hmm. or waiting for someone to go with them. And Mm -hmm. I've never had that problem. I haven't had to wait. I've just had to go when it feels right for me. Um, so much more empowering I suppose to back yourself like that yeah and I think I think we live in a world and a society where we forget that this is our life each of us Mm -hmm. individually this is our life and I'm a very giving and loving person don't get me wrong but if I wanted to make my life all about myself that's okay too because this is Mm -hmm. my life you know but as I say Mm -hmm. we're all generally quite giving and good so that's not the case but I think we could all do with being a little bit more um, self-indulgent and prioritizing Mm -hmm. ourselves because we fear it's going to make us less of a human in society whereas actually it just makes us more realistic this Mm -hmm. is our life and we will we have no problem in giving 
giving and caring and loving and being good to others what we actually need to put conscious effort into is returning that same to ourselves Mm -hmm. so giving um, and conscious effort into our relationship and how we live within our life and the space that we take up absolutely yeah it's really valuable yeah lovely should we get into the questions yes please okay lovely so what's the best advice you've been given This one may not be surprising. So my mother has an awful knack of giving advice in the harshest way possible. (laughs) And I've got to say, it's like we both speak English, but we speak different languages. So um, I've had to learn how to hear her and I've had to help teach her how to say things in a way that doesn't feel too harsh to my ears. But anyway, Mm -hmm. when I was a kid growing up, she gave me the advice of ultimately you're alone in the world which was so harsh. Like it felt so harsh at the time because you're like, no, no, I want to go out into the world and someone's going to take care of me and love Mm. me. Um, And I think really, as I say, she delivers stuff quite just one-liners. I think what she meant was ultimately you've got to have your own back. Ultimately, Mm. like you need to be your priority. You need to be your responsibility. Um, So as I said, it was was not like my favorite piece of advice, but it is something that stuck with me. And I think Mm. it probably is quite a a formative piece of advice because although we're not alone in the world, we should should be able to survive on our own. We should have our own backs. We should have what we need and be able to, you know, stand up for ourselves, fight for what we want, create what we want, the life that we want. so yeah I'd say that was probably the the best piece of advice um yeah but, yeah but no, it, I think that's is, really it's good harsh. it's a hard did you know yeah, I mean but it is harsh but I actually I think about when you said it my eyebrows rose because I was like well that's put you on the path right because you probably would be doing something different if you didn't believe that we were okay to be alone like yeah yeah Yeah. I mean it's given who I am it seems like a very fundamental piece of advice Mm. um and I I was quite young I was in my early teens and I think you know I I was at a point where I've suffered with depression since I was about 11 where I was just waiting for someone to save me and make it Mm. feel better and all that sort of stuff um, whereas it was a case of you know you you gotta get up and do these things for yourself you gotta create and I, I know she used to say like don't want a rich man want to be a rich woman you know if, you know the way like nice. back when we were kids like, I want a rich yeah. man with a sports car and a, a briefcase <laughs> and she's like no be the woman with the briefcase and the sports car um, mm. so yeah she definitely led the way with her words Hmm. what a powerful thing to hear as well because I think that I I don't think that narrative was around when I was when I was a youngster that kind of like I think you could you know the narrative you can do anything you can be anything but I think there was still that thought that the rich man was the 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 girl and I think that's so much better to hear like you can do that you can be the rich woman instead and yeah definitely yeah I think she 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 lives quite a different life she is a codependent person so I think she just really wanted to stir me as best as possible to not to not get stuck in something just because I need another human or I feel a need for a human to fulfill a part of me yeah that's nice I like that yeah yeah so how would you say you've changed over the last 10 years so ten, I was thinking about this, it was quite poignant. So 10 years ago, I was coming out of five years of psychotherapy as a patient. Mm-hmm. So, um, and for the first time in, in, in maybe forever, I felt free. You know, mm-hmm. I've lived with severe depression. I've had childhood trauma and stuff like that. And so I'd been on survival mode for most of my life. And after five years of psychotherapy, I was like, well, you know, okay, I'm not surviving. There's something more than surviving happening within my life. And I remember coming out and being like, but how do you live? Okay, so I have psychotherapy. I've had therapy to help me figure out how to not want to die anymore. Hmm. But who shows you how to live? And that was kind of the starting seed for, for, for Solace Forest, the business that I've created because I was ready I was ready to put energy into creating and growing a life that meant something to me that was filled with beautiful things that I'd always been too sick or you know struggling to be able to have um 
you know, I mean, the, 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 the general kind of lifestyle would be go to work Monday to Friday. And mm. as soon as I got home, close the curtains, go into bed. And then weekends were just Fridays, close the curtains, stay indoors mm. and back out for Monday work. You know what I mean? And that, and that was a huge amount of how I lived when I was in this survival mode and just trying to deal with the pain that lived inside me. And so about 10 years ago was my first thing of I have capacity to 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 live, to to feel more than just, you know, need and dread within me. Uh, so over the last 10 years, I mean. I've done I've done so much and um, there's been so much living, um, but freedom, I think, is what's changed inside. There's so much space mm-hmm. They're like I still have my difficult times don't go wrong and I have numerous chronic illnesses and new ones that have come over the last 10 years which have taken Mm. huge uh, amount of living from me um I got uh, a flu virus six years ago and I ended up with chronic fatigue and bedridden Mm. and I had to move back home to mommy and daddy and all that sort of stuff but as I talk to you now I'm sitting in Italy I bought a home here last year with my, the last of my savings a 20,000 euro home mm-hmm. and I got in my car last October and I drove solo from Ireland to Italy and now I live here mm-hmm. um which came off the back of 4 years of trying to heal my body physically and then unfortunately living with my parents brought back a lot of PTSD trauma triggers so there was a huge amount of mental health journey that I had to go on so the last 10 years have just been I guess the word I would use is freedom there's just been although there's been still a lot of toing and froing internally and with the struggles of life there's just Mm -hmm. been living you know Um, and yeah, so I remember coming out of therapy that day about 10 years ago and thinking, who teaches you how to live? And I remember looking around me and thinking, I don't want to live the way these people do, as in like, I don't want to work nine to five for the rest of my life, buy a house, pop out some kids. Mm. There's got to be more like I've been given a chance to live like mm. I want to figure out what, what that is and how to do it. And that's kind of what I've been doing the last 10 years amazing I really love that thought that because it's so true for so many people as well that so often people are surviving or they're just getting through Mm. life they're not living in their life and I don't think I've ever thought who teaches how to live and it's such an interesting thought like what do you think you've so in that what do you think you've picked up um well I think as we go through some of the other questions bits will come out um Mm. so what the key terms I use are consciously choosing and consciously living and Mm. I think I've never wanted so I grew up in Ireland as a non-drinker I've never wanted to have kids I never particularly wanted or felt a need to get married I'd love a lifelong partner don't get me wrong but I don't necessarily want a marriage Mm. official um and so I've always been in a position of, I know I don't want to do it that way, which seems to be a lot of things the majority do. How mm. can I do it? How can I have all I want? Um, and so a lot of it's been asking myself, do I want that? You know, like I've tried to want kids and marriage because it would have made my life easier. I would have fit better into society. Mm. Um And I remember like when I was about 11, I came home crying one day and my mother was like, what's happened? And I said, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have babies. And she said, well, well, who said you had to love? And I said, everybody, the world says I have to get married and have babies. Mm. And she said, no, no, you don't have to. Most people want to. But if you don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to. And I was like Mm. so relieved to hear I didn't have to go down this path that made no Mm. sense to my brain. Um. And so from that moment, I've I've always kind of asked myself, well, well, is this something I have to do? And if it's not, then what do I want to do instead? Mm-hmm. What do I want? Um, and so that's how I live. I, I have a very deep relationship with myself. Um, because of the trauma and the mental health stuff, I've always had a very analytical brain so I'm very Mm. open and aware and then I analyze myself and question you know how can I look at this differently how how might my viewpoint be narrowed here that I'm really confining Mm. myself into a specific emotion that isn't helpful 
I'm really just playing around. I've been being free within my mind because mm. it's safe there. No one can read my thoughts. It doesn't matter what I think or say in there. It's mm. completely safe. So I can be as lovely to myself as I want. Whereas most people make the mistake of being really shitty to themselves in their head. I um, actually, at the age of probably about 10 years ago, went on a journey of rephrasing everything that came into my mind and mm. asking myself, is that helpful? Is that friendly? Is that mm. necessary? And uh, the my internal dialogue is 100% nice now, 100% nice due to some months and months of active reconstructing. Um, and so I live with a friend inside me. I am my biggest support. I am my kindest companion. No one can treat me better than I treat myself simply because they don't know me as well. They don't know my changing moods, whereas I'm in it, I feel it. Um, and so for me, I think it was really consciously knowing myself and consciously choosing what I want from my time on earth mm. you know and I yeah. think we 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 we're born into so my like you know we're born into a society and we don't live free I don't care what anyone says you know we don't live free we mm. we have money needs we have societal expectations we have all of this construction um, and I always I'm just like, no, we, we need to stop taking what's assumed mm -hmm. and this pattern of school, college, house, you know, all this sort of stuff. And we need to say, what what do I want? Mm -hmm. If I want to be silly for the rest of my life, then I should be a child, a silly child. Like if, if I can find a way of financially supporting my needs to be playful and, you know, adventurous or whatever I want to do, then I should do that. I shouldn't have to feel that I'm not achieving or succeeding. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I totally resonate with everything you just said. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, my mind was just popping everywhere. Yeah, oh, like, and that's wonderful because yeah. sometimes I feel like I, am a, I grew up as an absolute minority. I grew up mm. as the only person I know like me in my world mm. for many years. And it's only, I'd say, kind of in the last maybe five years, you know, in growing in in kind of building my business and reaching into communities mm. to become part of like-minded environments because mm. I grew up in small town Ireland you know back in the 80s and 90s mm. where the world was very small and mm. what you were meant to do and meant to want was really really small mm. um and so I never I was always odd you know I was always odd and different and even my family would say when are you going to be normal and, and are you ready now to just settle down and be normal you know so I think the internet's been great for really expanding that and finding people who are as adventurous or carefree and as I said, consciously living, because to me, it's not if you want kids and you want marriage, great. If you mm. know you want that, fabulous. If you think that's what you're meant to do, then I'd like to have a discussion mm. with you to make sure it's what you want to do. Mm. But if you want that and that's your dream, hell, I am so for that. Whatever your dream is, I'm so for it. As long as you've done the thinking work behind mm. questioning, is this actually what I want or is this what I think I meant to want or meant to mm. do? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so powerful. And yeah, really, as as we should be, I suppose, as, as humans, we should be thinking about do we want this? Because, yeah, it can be really difficult if you pick something that's hard to do or that you struggle with and you've chosen it because you thought you should, you know, that can make life even harder. Well, it's, I mean, that's a prime example, isn't it? College, like, you know, mm. you come out of school at 17, 18. And it's like, well, we'll pick your college course. And no one helps you think, well, what job will that get me? And what does that job lifestyle look like? You know, mm -hmm. like, say, for example, accountancy. That means every month I'm going to be highly stressed when the mm -hmm. bookends come into play. That's every month of my adult life. No one sits down and does that mapping forward. So with my clients, I do a lot of mapping back so we can figure out how things were formed and how wiring mm -hmm. happened in their brain. And um, we do, I teach them how to map forward so they can do that conscious awareness of the choices they're going to make could look like this. And how do I feel about that image? Yeah. And I can make an informed choice based on that bit of information. Mm -hmm. uh, because it is like we work 40 hours a week with, let's face it. I worked when I worked in corporate, I worked 60 and that didn't include mm -hmm. the travel time. And I had a job that was kind of traveling around Europe a lot. Um, 
you know it didn't include the time the anxious evenings after work had finished the dread I'd spent going into the next day like this is our life like it's happening mm. our, our literally our countdown clock is ticking Mm. and we so often we have forgotten to actually live yet we have forgotten to allow ourselves to be free yet because there's all these milestones that are structured into our normal society that we're constantly trying to catch up on and achieve and tick off and I think because of that structure we're our mind is wired to believe that we owe something Mm. that we cannot take up space in this earth by simply being here and breathing whereas the truth is by simply being here and breathing we are part of what makes the universe whole Mm. but we don't believe that because we constantly see these things we're meant to be doing and achieving and hitting um yeah god I could talk forever about (laughs) you know how we live within society and Mm -hmm. how constrictive it can be for those of us who don't want to live within that the the Mm -hmm. majority pattern that they display Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a fascinating subject. And uh, yeah, I could definitely talk about it for ages too. So yeah, I get that. (laughs) Okay, so who is a woman that has inspired you and why? So this will go back to my mother. And and full disclosure, I do adore my mother. Um, But as I say, and we get on really well, we're really, really close. There's nothing I could say that she hasn't heard me say to her face. But (laughs) I wasn't inspired by women doing in my world. As I say, it was small town Ireland. So they were wives. They were, they were doers. They were carers. They did not exist apart from giving, giving of their time, giving of their energy. Their purpose in life was to do for others, to be valued by themselves. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. so my mother is a codependent. And so watching her in a relationship with my father, where she was a phenomenal mother in the sense that she would deliver food to the table. She would, even as, even as like when my brother and I were in our late teens, early twenties, she would ring us in work and be like, what do you feel like having for dinner? And she would cook four different meals because there was four adults. She would cook four different meals. You know what I mean? And that was not a problem. It shouldn't have, I didn't know any different. I didn't know that. I never thought to say, no, ma'am, I'll have whatever the majorities haven't, you know, she did and gave everything of herself. And even now, like she raises, she helps to raise my nephew because my sister's a single mom. She cares for my disabled father. But I've watched this beautiful woman. Her whole life has been simply giving, giving mm-hmm. of herself. And I can understand I've done some mapping back with her to try and help her see where because that's not her you know she was she was born in a, in a mother and baby home and she was adopted so in Ireland in the you know in the 70s adoption you were considered you know second class citizen worse than no one wanted you right even though mm-hmm. someone wanted you they adopted you but you know mm-hmm. she was born to an unwed mother shame taboo and you're kind of mm-hmm. raised with that shame on you and she was obviously a woman which already in the 60s and 70s is a second class citizen mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so she kind of my in my opinion and the, the work I've done with her you know she tries to give above and beyond every single iota of what she is Mm. to recoup for the space Mm. that she's taken up and it breaks my heart because Mm. this woman deserves to so her whole life has been given and has been given to people who only know how to take they Mm. know how to say thank you but they don't truly Mm. know how to show gratitude and so I watched my mother was my biggest inspiration because I watched her and I thought no not me my life's going to be mine there's no giving there's no giving too much there's no there's no saying I'm sorry for existing and here take it all take whatever Mm -hmm. I have available you know and so she was my biggest inspiration in how I didn't want to live and how I didn't want to feel about myself Mm. so like if you asked her wrong if you asked my mother she'd say look I'm happy you know this is how I've always been and this is what I know and I I like having purpose of taking care of people and so you know I'm not disrespecting Mm -hmm. what what she's chosen I just feel there's been a lot of um subconscious wiring that's led to her feeling comfortable in these choices um and I just thought no I want to do the hard work I want to figure out what shit and baggage I'm carrying excuse my language I want (laughs) to 
I want to I want to figure out whatever stuff I'm carrying that is mm. holding me back or twisting my viewpoints and I mm. just want my life to be mine mm. and so I do I do a lot of as I say analyzing and exploration and I do a lot of conscious healing um if I feel like if I feel like I can't look at different perspectives in something then I know I need to sit like with a group of ladies or go to my therapist and talk on the topic until my viewpoint can expand because clearly if I can't see past my own view on something it's because the wiring is so it's so rigid from it means it's dysfunctional do you know what I mean like you can't you don't blind yourself from stuff that's 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 healthy you blind yourself Mm -hmm. when you're being unhealthy um and so that's kind of that's how I've always lived is how can I grow and see differently and understand more and challenge my beliefs, my opinions, my viewpoints. Mm. Um, Yeah. And so I think the kind of no desire to be married or to have kids probably sound from, as I say, watching my mother have this very clear Mm. role in life of, of just this, there's, this giving and I was talking to my therapist recently actually about it because it came up around relationships friendships Mm. and stuff and I said like how am I meant to figure out how to have limits when the woman who raised me has zero limits she has Mm. no limits there is nothing my father could do Mm. that would make her walk away or make her stop doing what she does for him every day and that to me is like huge you know Mm. it's huge for the brain to be like okay so I learned I didn't learn how to have limits. I learned that someone else's comfort is greater than my own comfort. Someone else's need is greater than my need. And I, you know, and then as a, as a grown woman, I need to consciously be aware of that programming and consciously try to unprogram it, you know, (laughs) so in the end there's, there's never a live conversation with me I'm afraid (laughs) it's really fascinating and I'm really interested in that you know the story that you told of your mum and and her having been adopted and therefore feeling bad about taking up space and then sort of diverting her life to making up for that almost and I, I feel like that happens to a lot of people actually and not just because they've been adopted you know there are loads of other reasons and actually yeah I can really see how that can happen to many people in life so many I mean you know and this is where I love to do the client work is to do this mapping and awareness and to have Mm. the insight that I have and the kind of I don't know I seem to have eyes that see things that maybe Mm. other people don't notice so much but like phenomenally my sister's life story uh, she's not adopted sorry but her relationship story mm. mimics my mother's in the mm. most insane way like mm. she she dated an addict she had a kid with an addict mm. um, and there's all this parallels mm. and it's like oh my god the patterns the patterns but like my sister can't my sister couldn't see them she's she's grown a lot recent in the last few years but at the time she couldn't see that she was literally I mean, this guy that she chose that she was in a relationship with and had a kid with, and he even did the same job that my father did at the same time. And it was just so many parallels. And like, you're like, if you're not aware, then you can't consciously know that you are choosing. And even the consciously know who you are. Like, I know Mm. that I have a ton of programming that's that's not related to me as as Mm. a soul or an individual that's related to my upbringing and my childhood Mm. and so I need to make space for me and I need to have compassion for that programming rather than to resent it but I also need to get not not get lost in it in the sense of like my mother will often say well this is who I am I'm never going to change whereas my thing is no that is part of who I am because the programming that happened in my brain when I was a kid Mm. may means that that made sense for me to think this way but I know as an individual in my heart and soul that that's that that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and I want to I want to pick it apart and I want to allow my rewiring to happen as a healthy adult yeah 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 (laughs) completely fascinating but yeah yeah (laughs) okay so do you have a favorite quote or saying so I don't know if I made this up or if someone else has it, but I thought I made it up, but just in case. 
So I lived with severe depression for many, many decades, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my 20s, I was trying to do corporate life and I was trying to, you know, socialize and be a normal human being, as they say. Mm-hmm. It was just really hard. I found it completely exhausting and unenjoyable. Mm-hmm. And so getting out of bed, I would say to myself, OK, I just have to find one moment of joy in today. And there is always one moment of joy to be found. So my motto, and I had it like engraved on a ring, was find the joy in each day. It's there to be had. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would go through my day going, looking for joyous moments, which is a, is a good way to kind of when you're in depression, to try and mm-hmm. distract your brain, look for joyous moments. Notice, notice like something that feels good. Um, and often it would end up being whatever I was going to allow myself to eat for dinner was going to be the joy. But, you know, mm-hmm. I would just look for this joy every day, not knowing what it was going to be or where it was going to come from. And if if it didn't come, I, as I say, it would normally just associate it with food and be like, right, well, I'm getting a Chinese takeaway for dinner now. And that's going to make me smile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, find the joy in every day. And like, it really is. It's there. It's there. And the lens at which we choose to see our days and our life. And I, and I don't mean, you know, I don't want to sound belittling because I do I do live with depression and PTSD mm-hmm. and stuff. But the lens at which we choose to look out makes a big difference to the days that we have and to how we see ourselves and the world around us. Yeah. And you have complete control over constructing those lenses. It takes time. It takes practice. It takes conscious effort. And this mm-hmm. is the work that I do with people. But it is doable. It mm-hmm. won't take away your depression, but it means that it's not as painful when it's here, that the dips don't mm-hmm. last as long because you know the brightness that's waiting for when it's past yeah definitely well great motto as well you know finding joy in every because there is you're right there is joy to be found every day and yeah totally I mean I've a history of depression I have an illness that gives me it 10 days of the month so um yeah, yeah you could it, it is hard in those moments when in those darker yeah. moments isn't it but if you can it does feel like light so I love that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no it doesn't like I'm someone who I'm you near know, nature is an easy it's an easy option for me Um, you know I saw a yellow butterfly earlier and I was like I just stopped just watched it for a few seconds and I just sat in that moment of watching it its color its movement and I just thought yeah like imprint it I'm just going to imprint that and then I'm going to go about my day but if I need that maybe when I'm lying on the sofa feeling sad some other day that butterfly is going to be so vivid in my mind and I'm going to remember who I was in that moment Mm -hmm. because I took the time to notice how I felt internally the amazement that I was feeling that wow how am I this lucky look at this life Mm -hmm. you know yeah totally yeah it's really good Okay, so in your opinion, what are some of the biggest challenges that women face today and what could we do to overcome them? So um, I I have two things. I'm going to go, one, I've got gender neutral. It's not necessarily women. Mm. One of my biggest life-changing things. So we are in a world where money matters, you know money matters and everything has a price and god cost of living is getting stressful isn't it mm-hmm. but we live in a world where money is the only way that you can survive like without mm-hmm. it you don't get survive. so many years ago when I was in corporate I decided that every time I got a pay rise or a promotion I would reduce my hours so that my income my take-home income stayed the same mm-hmm. so it was very annoying for my boss every time he gave me a promotion or pay rise, I was like great now I'm down to 30 hours uh, a week please um and he's like why and I'm like because I don't need more money I do need more time off and mm-hmm. so I was the person he wanted for the job he had to just accommodate that whim of mine because and then I like I'd wanted to leave that job for years as we all have I've wanted to leave my job for about six years before I did and I remember like being like I just need out and so I sat down one day and I didn't excel and I went into my open up my online banking and I looked at what I spend all the little bits I spend here and there and I became really conscious of how I'm using my money because as a non-drinker who has no dependence who doesn't wear makeup or have a skincare routine I've never been able to spend all of my earnings. I've always, even on 19,000 pounds a year, I mean, I always felt like I had more money than I needed. 
So I looked at how little could I live on? And by live on, I mean, actually live on, not survive. I mean, still go to the gym, still have my mobile phone contract, you know, that sort of thing. So what, what do I, what are the essentials that I need to be, feel like I'm living, not just surviving, but without all the fancy, you know, extras. Mm -hmm. And when I did that conscious maths, it was insane of how little I needed. Okay. And when you realize you don't need all your wage. Mm. And so I could buy the latest iPhone or, you know, piece of technology, but that would mean 10 hours of work. And I don't think I, I would rather not have to do 10 hours of work. I would rather look at how I can get rid of 10 hours of work in my day. Mm. How can I negotiate with my boss to get more time and less, right? Mm. So for me, the one of the biggest challenges we face is, is this we're, again we're given this pre-stamp of this is what you should need to live on this is what a house costs right you know like don't take what they say don't take what anyone mm. says ask yourself so when I go looking for a property I sort by the cheapest whereas mm. most people just put in the bracket of what they mm. think they should be able to afford or they should a two bed should be this price mm. and so I think the biggest challenge we face is that we're we're given so much information uh in a way that feels factual to us that there is mm. no leeway and I would say look beyond the box that you know do you know what I mean and do like we are meant we are we are living in a world where money is everything and I don't know if you've done the work, say, say for example, I'll ask you, have you done the work to figure out how little you need to live on, to live, not just survive, but what's your survive number, what's your live number, and what's your abundance number? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But so many people don't, even us, you know, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, we just keep trying to earn more. Well, actually, mm-hmm. do you need to? Do you yeah. need to? Like, so true. You know? Yeah, I've seen quite a few people recently saying that they had been above the tax threshold of £80,000 and that actually this year they decided to be under the tax threshold for various reasons. Seen three or four business people say that in the last few months and I thought that was so interesting because yes you're right we're always trying to move forward and move on and make more money as a business owner that is what we're told to do but when we question it and we think about it is it worth it? There's so much extra admin over that amount of money. You yeah. know, there's so much extra you have to start doing paying tax and it gets very messy and there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. So I can see why people are, are now saying, actually, I'm going to try and stick under that 80,000 pounds. The highest I've ever earned in a year was 28,000 euro. Mm-hmm. So I have never been a big earner. Mm-hmm. I would consider myself probably mostly a below average earner or below mm-hmm. average girl. There's no time in my life where I think I'd, I wouldn't know what to do at 80,000. Well, I would. I'd buy a house in Portugal and one in France for 80,000. Um, mm. But I currently, so I live obviously mortgage free. Um, mm. I've chosen Italy because it's an affordable country. Well, actually, I chose it because I had a 20 grand house and that's what I needed. Mm. Um, my, I, got, I got a summary of my bills for the last year. So my... My electricity, my gas, my water, my waste, you know, like the bins Mm -hmm. and stuff. 450 euro for the last 12 months. Yeah. So you can imagine what I can live on. I'm I'm gonna do the Excel soon of how much live it what's the living in Italy number? Because I imagine it's a hundred a week, if not less. Like, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like don't wrong like I'm currently at a point where I need to grow my savings so I would like to earn a little bit more but it's that thing of do you actually know Mm. no I like listen I don't go out and buy coffee out I don't because I don't want to spend five on a coffee out because I grew up in a time where water wasn't in bottles and coffee wasn't something Mm. you paid for (laughs) you know (laughs) and so don't get wrong I am a frugal I'm not saying everyone Mm. will want to live the way I do but I go out the local grocery shop here she grows the vegetables most of it she'll tell me which ones have grown in her garden and you know it's easy to but you have to step outside what you're what the picture is that you're told you should want Mm. or what the norm is because people keep following the norm and the more people that follow the norm we the more we think it's it's the right answer Mm. but there's people back in my hometown like a property in my hometown in Ireland is like half a million and like people are like I'm so lucky to get to live here and all I can think of is are you 
because you now got half a million debt on your head. I've got two mm. properties and all I owe is, I think all I owe is about like 12,000 on my, on my Edinburgh property. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not rich, but I am luck. Like I'm comfortable. I'm quite safe. Like I don't have a pension, but I've now got two properties. One I'll live in, the other one will pay the bills mm. on how I live. Don't worry, that's not my dream. I, I do want to generate an income. And, and as an entrepreneur, I struggle with the fact that there's kind of limits around how much control you have over mm. how much you earn, especially when you add in chronic illnesses. Mm. But aren't I lucky that I've been able to not work um more than I feel able to for the last few years to focus on my health my mindset mm. and I'm now doing it in a sunny country with fresh vegetables grown <laughs> on the land that I live around that lives around me like I don't think people know that that's possible and it's not that I no one told me it was possible like that's the thing is no one told me I just thought about things thought about things a little more a little deeper questioned some stuff used google to figure out some things mm. and, and that's kind of what my passion in life is with people mm. is the biggest challenge is not to take things as they're given to you from society from your parents from teachers schooling all of it is, is actually to stop and think and ask questions and wonder for yourself for yourself mm. as an individual but I guess first you have to accept yourself as an individual and to feel comfortable in that differences in that that you might have from from others absolutely yeah I think you're so right about that I think question it definitely and I do think a lot of people struggle with not being the kind of in inverted commas normal person you know whatever that is but people really struggle with that you know they find it hard to be the person that's not living the generic um or kind of normal life in inverted commas I think it's I think there's a, an illusion or I think there's kind of like a, a vibe that you're unsafe if you're mm-hmm. not living in your home mm-hmm. country in a westernized mm-hmm. society where healthcare is very clear and structured, where mm-hmm. pensions are, you're told what steps to take to be mm-hmm. financially sound, to be mm-hmm. a responsible, respectable adult. And I think there's an illusion that if you don't take all that, you're in danger. And mm-hmm because of my financial situation and my illnesses, I left Ireland because I couldn't afford to even rent. Mm -hmm. I could not afford to rent outside my parents' home. And I'm grateful that my parents have space for me, but for my mental health, that's Mm -hmm. not where I can be. Mm -hmm. So my thing was I was living between my car and friends' houses Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I thought, this isn't a safe future for me. Mm-hmm. I need to take control of my future and my needs as as, mm-hmm. as the individual that I am with the baggage that comes with me being me. And so I'm forced to think outside that box to find safety mm-hmm. and security. And, and, and look, everything's scary, whether you're living inside the box or outside of it, it's mm-hmm. always scary to a degree, mm-hmm. just I guess I would encourage people to just uh, like just let your mind wander like mm-hmm. it's private in here it's safe in here no one's going to make you take action just in your mm-hmm. head let those thoughts start to wonder a little bit louder because none of us are really safe we saw what covid the world can change mm-hmm. in a hot snot and like you know now we've got cost of living like oh my god the price of melons over here it's such a luxury to buy a bloody melon like I can't even Mm. imagine it's like six euro it's probably the same at home oh no it's not (laughs) (laughs) melons are so damn expensive it's such a luxury yeah it's just in France and I think a broccoli was six euros and I was like what and there's so much you know in Italy they don't have the choice they don't have munch too or mm. sugar snappies or any of this. So it's really local. And so you mm. have to get used to like, I remember when I came over, someone was like, oh, I'd need my comfort zones. And I'm like, or you just need to change your comfort zones. Like mm. I can't go to the freezer section and buy fish fingers or something like that here. They don't really do junk food. Mm. You buy the components and you're like, okay, at times that means my cravings are a bit irritated, but mostly I find it so freeing that I can just mm. go to the supermarket, pick up exactly what I need and get out of there because I am someone, if you give me choice, I'll just wander around imagining, mm. wanting it all. And so, yeah, you got to just change your perception and your comfort zones. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So what is your ultimate life tip or hack? 
Yeah, I think it still would come down to the financials, which is mm-hmm. whip out the Excel, mm-hmm. notice what you're spending. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a world where it's like five euro for a coffee. We get one of those every day. If you're anything like my family, you might get more than one a day. Mm-hmm. Then you've got like, you know, oh, sure, I'll grab a pastry at the same time. There's another three euros gone. Mm-hmm. Out the and it's not that you shouldn't have those things. It's not. But know that you're choosing you're choosing as a whole, not just in that moment, but like, look at the financials. Where are you seeping money? Do you know gym memberships mm-hmm. make their money based on you not going and forgetting to cancel? Yes. Which is insane. Same with like, look at those prescriptions. Look at the Netflix mm-hmm. subscriptions, stuff like that. And again, it's not that you shouldn't have them, but do you need all three? Could mm-hmm. just Netflix be enough or just Amazon Prime or whatever? Or do you even need them? Like, I mean, free TV, you can get mm-hmm. TV online now like mm-hmm. d4 and all that there's so much free stuff even as a business owner like i see people paying for tools and software that mm-hmm. i find an alternative completely for free mm-hmm. that works just as well mm-hmm. and i'm like again people are sh- they don't know to look for the free because they go well oh you know zoom is you know zoom is the is the is the brand name for video calling like you, i'll just get a zoom subscription whereas mm. i'm like i don't really want to pay 15 euro a month because mm. and so i use i use skype it's mm. free mm. um and so it's really the the life hack to me is to do that that testing and it's and i i don't have to you don't have to put a lot of research into finding these alternatives. They're there. They just don't have the same advertising budget as these these paid prescriptions or paid um, supports. So I have one bank account in the UK where within four years, I had earned a thousand pounds on the bank account in interest. It was a debit account. It was simply by how I used it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the terms of using it and I used it consciously in a way that was going to get me that profit. I don't know if other people that their bank, their day-to-day bank account pays them a thousand pounds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Every two years I will, when I was in the UK, I would look at my gas and electricity subscription. Mm -hmm. Am I in the best deal? So with mortgages I do fixed mortgages where I can and I remember now as a now that I've rented it out I can't have a fixed mortgage and so they have me on the standard plan which is double the mortgage Mm. payment than when I'm on a fixed plan people Mm. don't know that there's easy safe options out there or there's cheaper options because they they they're not advertising. They're not going to mm-hmm. shout, hey, do you want a cheaper mortgage? Come and get our fixed rate for three years. We cannot do mm-hmm. anything if the Bank of England puts up its rates. Mm-hmm. You will still be, you know, and so it's really, I don't know, I was raised in a family where my parents were quite comfortable, but their their motto is, if you don't have it, you don't get to spend it. And so they never had mm-hmm. loans. The mm-hmm. only loan they ever had was the mortgage on the house. Cars and everything were always secondhand and bought with cash. And so I was brought up in this thing, if you don't get to have stuff, if you don't have the money for it, so mm-hmm. you either work for the money or you, you know, and so I just naturally don't have huge amount of needs for modern mm-hmm. things. So I think my biggest life hack is just, again, consciously aware of what I'm spending my money on. How many hours of working in a job I hate does do all these surplus spends mm-hmm. add up to? And do I want to keep doing that? Mm-hmm. That's a really good hack. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go away and now do a spreadsheet. <laughs> I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> okay, so what advice would you give to people who are just starting their careers and are looking to make an impact? Gosh, I, I, I guess there's, 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 two, there's two ways to look at a career. And one is do you want it to feed your soul or do you want it to feed your pocket? Mm. And it's okay if you get one that does both great, but it's okay to have a job just for money Mm. to acknowledge that to yourself, that instead of resenting being there, you can go in there and say, I'm here for the money. This is what I do for so many hours a day. I don't like it, but it allows me to go off in my free hours. Um, I would say the biggest lesson is know your worth. So as I say, I was in a job where I was able to suddenly start dictating, dictating, um, reducing my hours because Mm -hmm. it was 
I was with them when they were a small company, they grew to a medium. I had put myself in a position of only know, of being the only person that knew certain things within the company, mm-hmm. very minor, like as in admin role things, but that made, that made it that they couldn't afford to not flex with me. And so I see so many people so thankful or desperate to keep a job that they are giving above and beyond. Mm-hmm. In my view, do not work overtime unless you're being paid because the more you devalue yourself the more they're going to devalue you Mm. so like what you what you do at the start of any relationship be it a business one or a personal one becomes the expected standard so if you go into a job which we all do trying to impress and give extra and stay a little bit longer and do a bit more Mm. and be really friendly and helpful that becomes the expected norm Mm. and they start wanting that for the price of your salary and they know they can milk you to get extra how many people out there in the world right now are going I'm doing a job of two people because they sacked someone or someone left and I've had to pick up the slack my thing to you is why would they get someone else you have picked up the slack Mm -hmm. you're doing the two workloads so it's about that again self-relationship knowing your worth and knowing that you're not completely vulnerable in the world because there will be other jobs and I know look I I don't have dependence so I sit in a place of not having kind of that stress Mm -hmm. um But it's that thing of like, go into business either knowing it matters to your soul or it matters to your pocket, but having boundaries, having Mm. boundaries and suss out what's the little you can give to get your wage rather than what's the most I can give to say, Mm. thank you for giving me my wage. Mm. Yeah, really good advice. Like really (laughs) good advice. I know so many people who are kind of doing two jobs or taking on a bit extra and yeah, you're so right. Yeah. I know, but but it is, I think as well, it just comes back to that invisible sense that we are all vulnerable in this world mm. if we don't beg to repay for the space and the air that we take up. Mm. And actually, that's a societal mirage or whatever, mm. you know, because we are here and we're allowed to be here and we're allowed to choose how much we give, especially mm. when it comes to work and there's a clear job role or whatever, mm don't let them they will take and take and take and I can tell you that if you break your back lifting boxes that isn't part of your job role they are not going to be paying you sick leave after so many months like do you know what I mean I worked for the NHS when I had a nervous breakdown which obviously was not the fault of the NHS it was my my mental health but after three months of paying me they were like you either have to quit or you go without any income and so after three months I had to go back I was a walking zombie I used to walk in there at nine and walk out at 11 and I didn't know what happened because I, mm. I just couldn't be there. And like, that was the NHS. They're caring. They're, you know, they are. The, but that's the truth is all businesses will be businesses and you are just a human. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it ties in with the building a financially sound lifestyle mm. that is sustainable for you. And I'm not talking about just surviving. I am talking about somewhere between surviving and abundance. Mm. But there is that sweet spot that you can have pressure taking off you internally just by knowing what that what that number is mm. and knowing that how you can get it met if things change within your current circumstances. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Kind of leads into the next question, I think. What's the biggest lesson you've learned? Well, <laughs> this is a little bit. So as you know, I have had decades of depression. If you're going to live, which I have clearly decided to. I've been suicidal since I was in my early teens. And we actually didn't expect, me and my family didn't expect me to survive past 16. Mm-hmm. And I remember my 32nd birthday being quite monumental because I'd lived double the length of expectation. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what I've learned is if you're going to live, just live, live it, live it on your mm-hmm. terms, the way you want, you know, and don't like that thing. Don't live in a life that feels like a trap or a cage or a constant downer like if you're gonna do like living is hard I mean Mm. I don't know if it's hard for everyone it's bloody I find it really hard I always have it's always come with pain and hardship and just confusion Mm. but when I do have these when I do get to break through from my illnesses and from my mental restrictions I'm living the most insane world like 
I literally live at the entrance to a national park. Okay. So from where I'm sitting, all I see is a mountain filled with big, luscious green trees. There's a river at the end of the street, which I'm probably going to go and dip into. I am surrounded by stray kittens. This town is full of stray kittens that I've befriended. So when I open my door, there's a flock of tiny stray kittens, um, <laughs> cats and kittens that come in. Um, so build your life so that when there's not hard moments, you are literally basking in the insane glory of what you've created for yourself. I love that. Yes, that's a great lesson. <laughs> okay, so how have you seen women's roles in society evolve during your lifetime? I don't know. Like, I, I there's a blog post I've been meaning to write, as a, which I kind of mentioned with my mom, and doing that kind of mapping back. And so, whilst looking at her, the societal um, and community and environmental <clears throat> input into who she is as a woman, who she was led to believe of herself, mm-hmm. I'm very interested to actually write a blog post about what's changed in my lifetime. And I think this mm-hmm. hugely comes down into the women's role, but like, you know marital rape was not illegal until Mm. my life in my lifetime it became illegal late in my Mm. lifetime that is insane okay that is insane um you know um gender equality sexual Mm. equality those things changed in my lifetime so I grew up originally in small town Ireland as a female and I don't Mm. I don't not associate as a female I just don't have a strong gender Mm. association um, I am a woman that's the body I'm in mm-hmm. but who I am it feels like it's just a person um, mm-hmm. but I was born in a heterosexual world so I mean I'm not gay but I'm also not heterosexual but I was born in a time where I was a woman and I was a heterosexual and so I kind of was like okay they're who I'm meant to be I'm fine with that mm-hmm. um, so now we live in this world and it's like you can be whoever you want to be you can love whoever you want to love you can love how you want to love um, but when we look at what's changed in our lifetime, my heart literally screams in pain when I look at these things like women, mom and baby homes only the last one closed, I think it was in 2006. You know, as I say, marital rape, abortion mm. in Ireland was illegal up until, you know, the last decade, if not less. Uh, mm. I remember voting for that one. These are insane. And you think, right, well, when I was forming my understanding of the world and society around me, these things were mm-hmm. illegal. Loving someone who wasn't the opposite sex of you mm-hmm. was illegal. Um, you know, not wanting kids was absolute taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman could be abused by her husband mm-hmm. in that home with her their children. Mm-hmm. Like I live in, I now live in, small town Italy which is so like Ireland back in in the day and I actually am currently um working through with the support of the pod uh, the group of females Mm. that we know each other through Mm. I get a lot of sexual advances Mm. a lot of inappropriate sexual advances and I'm really struggling with it because I was born into a community and a society and at a time where women were meant to be accepting of men's urges and understanding of their over display or over you know if they if they crossed the line I was meant to forgive them for that yeah whereas I am every time I go to the shop I get field up um bus drivers have asked if they can kiss me um, I I liked I liked the postman and he seemed to like me. So I asked him if he was single and I asked for his number yesterday, and he then proceeded to try and pull my top so he could see my boob. What? I'm a 42 year old woman and he he is a grown man, believe it or not. And so my current challenge in society and the roles that women are overcoming for me it's overcoming because mm-hmm. I haven't had to feel this way since I was in my teens my late teens where it was like okay well men are groping me and I'm meant to just forgive them and it's my fault sure I'm probably wearing a top that's too tight I'm now 42 trying to rewire that part of my brain Mm -hmm. because it's coming back up again here because apparently here and I'm sure in many other societies my body is only a sexual organ Mm. whereas I have been working for the last decade on my relationship with my body being more than a sexual organ Mm. that my boobs can be sexual if I choose to have them in a sexual encounter or if I choose for them to be sexual in that moment but they can also just be boobs do you know what I mean whereas it's a whole 
it's a whole thing that I am currently consciously and actively trying to work through and navigate, as I say, with the support of a group of women mm-hmm. like that, like yourself, because the roles within society have changed, but they haven't changed enough. And what I personally view of is they've changed so much that we now have duality of roles. We have must be a career woman and a breadwinner, must be a homekeeper and a housewife. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many women out there there's a woman that I used to work with and she used to say to me, I like the traditional roles. And so me and my partner have traditional roles. I do the cleaning. He goes to work and he relaxes. I was like, you're telling me that in your full-time job in our work. Okay. So, so no. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, but I, I prefer it that way. I prefer it that way. And there's so many women I know who are mm. literally trying to stretch now between what women are newly allowed mm. and what women historically have been allowed. When are women going to say enough? It's okay. Like I am capable of amazing things, Claire. But if Mm. I want to have a limit on how on achieving any of those things, that's on. I got to be okay with that, and I don't think we are okay with that. Again, as I say, my mother taught me there is no limit, Mm. and I think so many women live with that. You know, like housewives, mothers, careers. I just feel Mm. like society is changing. But women are actually getting burdened with a whole lot extra and not much is getting relieved yet. Mm. I mean, I think as we go forward, I like to think the generations ahead are going to put their foot down and start like being like, no, we're not doing that Mm. thing anymore. But for now, I think women in this current society are drowning in Mm. their willingness to take on all of the roles that are put upon us. Absolutely. I think I might have talked about this with every podcast guest so far that we're kind of trying to have it all still. And it's okay to say, actually, I don't really want it all. Or maybe I don't want that bit of it. Or, you know, maybe I can work part time and that's not a problem. And yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And if you can work part time, bloody do it. Don't Mm -hmm. feel bad. You know, like, as I say, where I come from, houses are half a million and everyone looks very middle class. But I have mm. some of the mums tell me that they're they're constantly running with their tank about to be empty in petrol because mm. they just don't have the money. But if you looked at them, they look like really comfortable yeah. middle class people. And I think we're all struggling behind facades. Mm. And I remember like when my boss offered me another promotion and I finally said no. I said, and he's like, but you'd be brilliant at it. And I was like, yes, I would, but I'm choosing not to put my energy there. I don't mm. want to be, I, I could be brilliant at it, but mm. I, I don't need to feel that. I don't need to achieve mm. that. I'm fine with saying no, but that was huge to get my head around it, mm. to be able to be like, no, I'm just going to sit in my smaller box. I don't want the bigger one you're offering me because we're not, we're not raised to be that way. Yeah. Definitely. But I don't know what it is, why we always feel so lacking. I don't know why we always feel so lacking. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? And I, it kind of takes me back to the thing you said at the beginning about the taking up space. And yeah. I've always had this feeling that there's that taking up space thing. You know, we're still really grateful for, you know, 100 years ago being allowed to vote. And and then, you know, now we're allowed to do everything that everyone else is allowed to do to some extent. And yeah, I, I, I feel like there's something there that I'm not articulating particularly well, but I think it's like a, a taking up space thing. I think I think I think I will make a point to write this blog post about mm. how society has changed for women because do you know even in my lifetime when I was born women weren't allowed their own bank accounts or bank mm. cards my mother only through me pushing in the last two years has got her name on my father's joint they didn't even have a joint bank account it was just his and he, he's got dementia so I'd be I was pushing for her to yeah and that blew my mind but that's completely normal and when I think wow that was in my formative years Mm -hmm. you know how did I watch my granny live within the world and yeah I would like to look at these key societal um poignant moments Um, and even the messaging you know around how things have changed in America around abortion and all Mm -hmm. these we're constantly having these messages thrown back and forth yeah but yeah, there is something and I think it's how we live in society. And I think the longer that we keep conforming to the societal structure of mm. of like um, school, career, mm. income, family, mm. I think we're just going to keep being unhappy and unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going ahead and questioning it, it seems like, you know, it's an interesting sort of message to leave people with in some ways, because it's like, 
if you question things, then you're more likely to come up with things you're happy with. You know, as you said earlier, it's really great if they're the things you really want to do. Yeah. But if you don't, then you're kind of living a life that doesn't feel natural to you and therefore you might not be happy. Yeah, that's yeah. it. What fundamental parts of your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay to have fundamental needs that don't fit in with society but for you to build a life that caters mm-hmm. for them because one of one of the goals that I have when I work with clients is about creating a sustainable lifestyle that nurtures their needs and their mm-hmm. wants mm-hmm. because as obviously as someone with chronic illnesses it's very easy for me to say well look I have these restrictions and I need to mm-hmm. you know because I spent years trying to fight them well now mm-hmm. I'm like okay well look I need to respect them because when I don't mm-hmm. respect them they cause havoc for me so I need to build a life mm-hmm. that fits fit space for those as well as building a life that fits space for my soul and my enjoyment Mm -hmm. and it's about that but there's something there's something difficult in that where you have to acknowledge imperfection within yourself or within what's perceived to be a whole functioning human yeah definitely yeah Mm -hmm. so the final question what have you learned from women honestly it's mostly just (laughs) don't put yourself in a box and live Mm -hmm. there because and I don't mean to disrespect for women and I will happily support any woman that 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 wants to reach out and connect with me but it is I just see these women shrink into this box Mm -hmm. of convenience and you know even like motherhood I chose not to be a mother because one my childhood was traumatic and I felt that I as human deserved my full attention Mm -hmm. and my like waves and waves of my love but I chose also not to have kids because I didn't like the lifestyle Mm. because that is consuming it Mm. is consuming and you will never sleep peacefully again not because they wake you but because you will never stop being scared Mm. of the world and the what might happen and I respect people who choose kids don't get me wrong I respect Mm. people who choose kids but again I made a conscious thinking I did conscious thinking around that what does the reality look like what might it feel Mm. like to live in that reality and so what I've learned from women is I don't have to do what everyone else does I don't have to be everything to everyone I don't have to give up myself to be part of this world and how I choose to do that is by carving out a life that has so much space for me but what I see is women generally don't know how to carve out a life that has space for them and they end up drowning and then having just air pockets every now and then Mm. yeah yeah really valid point and really interesting yeah thank you so where can people find you online um so my website is solacefarest.com and um, instagram solace underscore forest so l-o-s-o-l-a-c-e underscore f-o-r-e-s-t um i have a sub stack where i do a bit more personal writing so like when i'm having difficult patches and i'm doing reflective pieces i'll share them there as well mm-hmm. as other stuff um yeah my website kind of directs you to everywhere lovely well I'll make sure they're all in the show notes so people can find you thank you so much for joining me I've really loved it it's been fascinating chatting to you (laughs) thank you so much I'm always afraid that I'll overwhelm people with my (laughs) passion (laughs) no it was wonderful I really really enjoyed it thank you you can find me over on instagram at grow underscore with underscore moxie or you can email me at hello at clairecoupland.co.uk i'm also on substack under moments of moxie the podcast will also be hosted over there as well as in all the other places that you can find it thank you for listening and if you like this press subscribe so you can get the next episode straight in your feed i hope you're having a really wonderful week I'll speak to you soon.